The wait is over. The anxiety is lifted. Colin Simmons is a Texas Longhorn. You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked on. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. And on today's episode of Locked on Longhorns, Colin Simmons committed to the 40. We attack that from all angles. And then who's next? Who will be following Colin Simmons to the University of Texas? And last but not least, I give my thoughts on the new Big 12. All of that and more. On today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're watching on YouTube and you enjoy the show, please like, please subscribe. I'm thankful for all your support, whether it's on audio or video. And Longhorn Nation and whoever is listening, you know, another long week for me. Don't want to put that on y'all, but I assume, you know, some people listening had a long week as well. So we've made it to Friday. Right. Uh, Got to get through today. But now that we've made it to Friday, the weekend is here. I hope everybody has a safe and fun weekend. Try to stay out of the heat as much as you can. And, you know, I guess we'll get back to it on Monday. Right. Colin Simmons, the, the big news, one of the biggest uh, recruiting battles the University of Texas has been involved in over the last decade has now over. Right. I can officially say it's over. If he would have committed to LSU or Miami, I would be on here wolfing saying, you know, it's going down to the wire and don't count us out until December. And he's still going to sign with us. He's going to flip. Right. Now that he's committed to Texas, it's over. Stop the count. Right. LSU and Miami, y'all are done. Go focus on somebody else. Right. One of the biggest recruiting battles in the last decade and Texas won it. We have come so far since 2021. Shout out to Steve Sarkeesian and what his staff has been able to do. Shout out to Jeff Banks, who I don't think anybody knew was Colin Simmons' primary recruiter until yesterday. So that's a way for him to, you know, step up and get one of the best players in Texas, you know, over the last decade, just a dominant edge at Duncanville. Uh, he talked about how Texas was home, you know, being able to stay in his own backyard and play in the SEC and dominate, I think was huge. We've already seen the SEC move, you know, pay dividends in terms of recruits. And I'm glad when he meant stay close to home, he didn't mean SMU. Because if you're watching the ceremony, somehow an SMU cap popped up and we know he took an official visit there, right? So I'm like, is he going to shock the world to go to SMU? But thankfully, he came a little bit down the road to the University of Texas. And he talked about how he didn't make his decision until Wednesday night, right? And that's why, you know, this recruitment was so anxiety-filled for everybody because, like, unlike every other recruitment in the world, we didn't know where Colin Simmons was going until he put the hat on. And it was refreshing to see a recruitment that really came down to the wire, and we didn't know where he was going a month before because of crystal balls, you know? So he said he didn't make his decision until Wednesday night, and it came down to the head coach. And thankfully, we got Steve Sarkeesian, and LSU has Brian Kelly because I'm telling you, if LSU still had Ed Orgeron, Colin Simmons would have been a Tiger back in June. Right? You know, So thankfully, we got Steve Sarkeesian, who's a little bit better at recruiting than Brian Kelly. And obviously, you have to believe in what Texas is going to do over the next three to four years to commit to the University of Texas. And it looks like Colin Simmons and his family believe in what we're going to do at the 40 acres. So just a huge uh recruiting win and you know we'll talk about in the next segment who will come next after colin simmons because i have a feeling just like arch last year when you pulled in your headliner your crown jewel of the class that there's a lot of big name players that want to line up next to colin simmons at the 40 acres arch manning etc etc hopefully every year in our recruiting classes we bring in players like arch manning 
and Colin Simmons, because those are the type of players you need to win at the highest level. Why is this such a big deal? I got my outline in front of me and I came up with three points. The first point I came up with is that this is a huge position of need, right? You're talking about the eighth overall player in the 24-7 sports composite. We've talked a million times about how it's been so long since Texas got a player that high in the state of Texas, since Texas got a player that high on the defensive side of the ball, since Texas brought in a player that high, period, right? It's been a long time. But this is a huge position of need. I've said on the podcast numerous times the three most important position in sports, right? The quarterback, the person that throws the ball, the left tackle or right tackle, right? The person that protects uh, the offensive, I mean, the quarterback's blind side, right? And then you're talking about the edge rusher, right? The person that is sacking the quarterback. Those are the three most important positions in football. So not only is Colin Simmons one of the best players in this recruiting class, but he is a player at a premium position. When you look at what we have at the 40 acres right now, I think we have solid players, but I don't think we have anybody that just truly moves the needle right i don't think we have anybody that offensive coordinators are losing sleep over i don't think we have anybody that offensive coordinators are going into a game and saying i cannot let him beat me right i think baron sorrell is a very good player i think colin simmons and his potential you're talking about a completely different level right i think baron sorrell is a very respectable player and i think he could end up with seven and a half eight sacks this year but like i said i just don't think offensive coordinators are going into games saying i can't let baron sorrell beat me right? Colin Simmons is that type of player. When you look at everywhere else, right? The depth, right? They're talking about depth concerns behind Baron Sorrell, maybe putting Justice Finkley there on the other side. They're talking about a combination of maybe Ethan Burke, uh, you know, Jamon Tapp, Tassili Arcana, and Colton Vasic while using Anthony Hill off the bench, you know, as a, you know, situational third down pass rusher. Basically, we have a lot of guys, but we don't have the guy right at this position and like i said it's one of the three most important positions in the sport when we talked about uh on an episode i either did yesterday or sometime this week where eric nalin gave his takes on each position group on this football team and he said right now the edge position the pass rush might be the biggest concern going into the season right and less than a month away from the rice game you don't even know who's starting opposite Baron Sorrell. So not only is this just a huge need for every football team, this is a dire need for Texas going into the SEC. And I think Colin Simmons comes in and starts from day one, because if you're having depth issues right now, right, and Baron Sorrell won't be here next year, what will it look like next season? At least you'll have Colin Simmons to man one of those spots. And I think he'll be one of the best players in the country from day one, a huge win in that regard at a huge position of need. The second reason this is such a huge win for Texas is it keeps the best players in the state of Texas. You know, I talked about yesterday that you cannot win at the level that Texas wants to win. If you allow players in your backyard, like Colin Simmons says, to either go to other schools in Texas, you know, namely Texas A&M or just Texas Tech, any other school. Right. Or go to these other schools in the SEC that now you'll have to compete against. Right. We've seen for years players like Miles Garrett. Uh, you know, Garrett Wilson, uh, J.K. Dobbins. All right. I can't name all of them off the top of my head. But for years, we have seen players leave the state of Texas and go out of the state to dominate. Right. And that is part of the reason why Texas is coming off one of its worst stretches of football in its history, because they were not able to lock down Texas, Texas, Florida and California are the three biggest recruiting hotbeds in the country. Texas cannot compete 
for conference and national championships if they cannot lock down the state of Texas. So they've been able to do that a little bit better since Steve Sarkeesian and his staff have taken over. We saw last year, you know, you brought in uh, Malik Muhammad, you know, John Tate Cook, two of the best players in the state of Texas, Anthony Hill, you know, the 17th overall player in the country, one of the best players in the state of Texas. And now you have a chance to bring in players like Colin Simmons and Kobe Black, two of the best players in the state this year. So if Texas wants to compete at a high level in the SEC, if Texas wants to be in the national championship conversation starting next year and every year after that then you have to get the best players out of the state of texas to come to the university of texas and play with that texas across their chest and it's something we've done a little bit better the last two years since steve sarkeesian took over and it looks like with the addition of colin simmons it's something that will be a trend moving forward and the last reason i think you know this is a huge recruiting win and it'll pay dividends now and after is it gives you credibility at that position for so long players in Texas or just outside of the state of Texas would not choose Texas because there was not a huge track record of Texas producing NFL caliber caliber players at that position, right? When you look at, you know, defensive players going to Alabama, they have 16 years of data that tells them if they go to Alabama, they're going to end up probably in the NFL, right? You look at Georgia for the last five, six, seven years, whatever, they have a track record, right? They can see that for the last six, seven years, if you go to Georgia as a defensive player, you're going to end up in the NFL, right? Receivers at Ohio State. That's now the place to go. If you are a top receiver, you want to go to Ohio State because you know you're going to get the best development and you know you're going to end up in the NFL. Offensive linemen at Michigan, running backs at Texas, you know, the list goes on and on. But we don't have a great track record of bringing in really good linebackers or really good defensive line players at the University of Texas and them turning into solid players in the NFL, right? Colin Simmons could be the player that breaks that mold because Colin Simmons coming to the University of Texas is going to want to make other high profile players come to the University of Texas. If Texas starts to win and Colin Simmons dominates while doing it and he ends up as an early round draft pick in the NFL, which a lot of people think he will, and he certainly has the talent and potential to do so. Now players can look at that as an example and they can say, oh, well, the University of Texas is winning. Oh, I'm an edge rusher. And I just saw them put Colin Simmons in the league, right? They are dominating in the SEC and they have players that look like me that play my position who are going on to do big things at the next level and making a lot of money, which is my ultimate goal. So Colin Simmons was kind of the first player in a long time at the University of Texas that is a dominant player at a huge position of need like this. And I hope moving forward, this will lead to us bringing in more edge players, just like if Anthony Hill dominates at the University of Texas, you'll start to see more linebackers want to come and play at the 40 acres. So this pays dividends right now while Colin Simmons is here at the University of Texas. And I think he'll be a day one starter next year. But you're talking about five to 10 years down the road. This could be the first domino in the line of a lot of dominant defensive players coming to the University of Texas because you were able to get this recruiting win over LSU and Miami. Credit to the staff, credit to everybody who was involved in this. This is huge. It might not be bigger than Arch Manning, but it might be the second biggest recruiting win of the last decade. Colin Simmons is that special. And it looks like next year he'll be playing with Texas across his chest. A quick word from our sponsors. And then we're talking about who could join Colin Simmons on the 40 acres. 
For a championship team, it's all about making sure that every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. So we know that Steve Sarkeesian can recruit and we didn't get to see the full effect of it at USC. Obviously, it was cut short and we know why it was cut short. We don't need to uh, discuss it on the podcast, but we saw a team at USC win back to back 10 win seasons. And a lot of people that know college football and are in the know give Steve Sarkeesian credit for that, because before he was dismissed at USC, he had the second ranked recruiting class. Right. And that class ended up winning like I said, back-to-back double-digit win seasons at USC, right? So Steve Sarkeesian has shown in the past that he can recruit, even at Washington, even though he wasn't bringing in top 10, top 15 recruiting classes, which would be hard to do at Washington, period. He took a team that was 0-12 to a 6-7 win team the next year, right? That comes with recruiting, bringing in really good players. And there are a lot of players that played in the NFL that were at Washington when Steve Sarkeesian was at Washington. So we have seen a track record of recruiting before he came to the University of Texas, but now he's just taking his recruiting traps uh, to a whole nother level. You know, 2021, he didn't have a lot of control over, but he brought in Xavier Worthy, who's been one of the best receivers in the country since he stepped on a college campus. We know 2022 was a huge year, you know, for Texas football, bringing in 15 total players in the trenches, a top five class. And that 2023 class last year, I've said it is one of the most talented classes I have ever seen regardless of the school, you know, and regardless of the year, right? Just since I've been following recruiting, since I've been looking at recruiting classes, that 2023 class from top to bottom just looks special, right? And I think they're going to do a lot of special things on the 40 acres and in the SEC. But this 2024 class is uh, still being written, right? It's still not set in stone. And now you got your headliner, your big dominant piece in Colin Simmons, but we know that they're going to bring in some more five stars. They're looking to bring in some more really talented players at the top of the class to play with Colin Simmons, play in the SEC, and hopefully uh, take Texas back into the conference championship and national championship conversation. So let's go over six players that Texas could really use and is still in the running for. Six players that are all ranked in the top 115 in the 24-7 sports composite. We're going to start with Kobe Black, and Kobe Black has felt like uh, locked to Texas for a while. And I think Colin Simmons committing to Texas yesterday uh, confirmed that. Even before Colin Simmons had made his decision. Kobe Black talked about canceling his visits to LSU and um, I think it was Alabama. So, like I said, he's felt like a Texas lock for a long time. Out of Waco, his teammate Jelani McDonald committed to Texas last year, and he's a true freshman, so they have a really good relationship. Uh, We know that he had an official visit to Texas A&M either this past weekend or the week 
game before, but he snuck up to Texas for an unofficial right before he went to Texas A&M. So that should tell you everything, you know, you need to know Kobe Black, a five star corner, somebody who's going to be really good at the 40 acres if he chooses to commit. And I think he will. He just released his top five. Texas was in the middle. You know, they talk about recruiting flyer science or logo science. You know, I think Kobe Black ends up at the University of Texas. Like I said, he's been leaning that way a while. But I think what Colin Simmons confirming, he's coming to UT yesterday. I think Kobe Black is on his way as well, a five star corner who Terry Joseph would love to have. And like I said, he's going to play really well at Texas. Dominique McKinley, I think this is a big one because we haven't seen since this staff took over Bo Davis bring in a big fish yet, right? He had, you know, some really talented players at Keandre Coburn and, uh, you know, Mora Ojimo and those guys to work with. And then, of course, Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. And he brought in Sadir Mitchell, you know, last year, who was a mid to low four star. But I think you know, he has a lot of talent is going to produce at a high level at Texas. But outside of that, it's been three stars and, you know, lower profile players. We haven't seen Bo Davis bring in one of those big guys up front who looks like they can make an impact from day one. That's Dominic McKinley right out of Louisiana. And I love how this staff has gone head to head with LSU really the last two years and almost came on top in every recruiting battle, right? You talk about uh, a Derek Williams, you know, you talk about a Colin Simmons and now potentially a Dominic McKinley right out of Louisiana. And then of course, taking Arch Manning, who was never considering LSU to begin with, but this is a big body up front, really strong, really physical top 40 player in the country, the type of player you need in the trenches up front, you know, anchoring that defensive line in the middle of dominant edges like Colin Simmons to win at the highest level in the SEC. You know, LSU is still a big factor. Oklahoma is still a big factor. Ohio State is in it. But all of the tea leaves seem to be pointing to the University of Texas. And for the next three years, you could have Dominic McKinley and Colin Simmons lining up next to each other on the 40 acres. That's a scary sight. And when we go to our 24-7 class calculator, I'm not going to do it live on the show. If you were to add Kobe Black and Dominic McKinley to this class right now, that's currently ranked 17th on 24-7 sports, that would jump you all the way up to 7th. So just those two players who are leaning towards Texas would jump you 10 spots in the recruiting rankings. Then we look at five-star offensive tackle Brandon Baker out of California. Now you brought in Spencer Shannon. Uh, from modern day, you know, last year, that's the school that uh, Bryce Young went to. And so maybe there's a pipeline there that you can continue. And we know right now, you know, Texas is the place to be for offensive linemen. Texas is the place to be for offensive line recruiting, right? If you're serious about that position, if you want to be dominant at that position, we saw, you know, what Kelvin Banks was able to do, especially as a tackle, you got to come see Kyle Flood. And, you know, there was a lot of smoke about Oregon. Um, you know, Dan Lanning has went over there and they brought in a lot of offensive linemen. You know, they took Junior Angle out from us, which I'm still sad about. Very excited to watch him this year. Um, but it looks like, you know, Texas has started to take the lead in that recruitment, you know, and huge shout out to Kyle Flood and what he's done with the offensive line. Right. Like I said, all the top offensive linemen in the country now have to just consider Texas at the least. Right. And it looks like Brandon Baker is doing more than considering it. They talked about how. You know, Austin is an easy flight from California and, you know, he wouldn't mind getting away from home and, you know, all of that. So, you know, Brandon Baker could be the heir apparent to Kelvin Banks at that left tackle position. Maybe even, you know, he could be talented enough to start next year at the right tackle position. I know a lot of people think that, you know, Cam Williams will slide into that spot when Christian Jones leaves. But with the pedigree, you know, of a top 35, 40 player in the country like Brandon Baker, who knows? He could come in right away and start at that right tackle position like Kelvin Banks did at left tackle. So this would be a huge recruiting win. I think he is leaning towards Texas. And why not? Like I said, with what Kyle Flood has put on the table the last few years. And if you were to get Brandon Baker 
plus Kobe Black and Dominic McKinley. Now you're looking at the fourth ranked recruiting class in the country and you would be on pace for the third straight top five recruiting class under Steve Sarkeesian at the University of Texas, which is crazy to think about. Ryan Wingo, five-star wide receiver out of St. Louis. There was a lot of smoke uh, for him after his official visit, which I believe was in June. Before that, he was uh, a lean, was, you know, crystal ball to Georgia. And then Fong changed his prediction to the University of Texas. It seems lately, you know, that Missouri has picked up a lot of buzz and a lot of smoke. And I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up there. And just like we want players to, you know, stay home and, you know, compete with Texas on their chest and put on for their home state, maybe he thinks the same thing, right? I could stay uh, at Missouri and do the same thing. And they also brought in uh, Luther Burden, which was the number one wide receiver in 2022. So they've done a really good job in terms of wide receiver recruiting. So Texas is still hot, you know, on the trail for Ryan Wingo. They're doing everything they can to bring him in and you know have him commit to the 40 acres but that could be a battle that you know comes down to texas and missouri and that could be a battle i could see uh missouri winning but obviously you know that's a recruitment that's going to go down to december right <laughs> wherever he commits and you know you would love to have a talented playmaker like that in steve sarkeesian's offense wardale mack talk about another louisiana lsu and texas battle that's trending towards texas this way right a uh, corner out of Louisiana would be a good get uh, for Terry Joseph, a top 115 player in the country. And I think it would help mitigate the loss of Corian Gibson, right? Even though Corian Gibson was ranked about 50 spots higher, if you could bring in Kobe Black and Wardell Mack in one recruiting class, that's still a hell of a haul uh, at that position. And like I said, he's leaning towards Texas, even though he's out of Louisiana, even though it's a Texas and Louisiana battle. You know, the best thing ever to happen to Texas might be LSU hiring Brian Kelly, not necessarily on the field because they're going to win. But in terms of recruiting, right, these players are just going to pick Texas over LSU. They're going to pick Steve Sarkeesian over Brian Kelly. Colin Simmons just said it directly out of his mouth. And if Wardell Mack does end up coming to the University of Texas with Kobe Black, with Dominic McKinley, and with Brandon Baker, now you're looking at the third-ranked recruiting class in the country. And a player that Texas fans have either forgotten about or just kind of gave up on, and this is why I hate the new state of recruiting, because Texas fans don't even care about Micah Hudson no more, right? And he's a top 20 player in the country, five-star receiver, somebody who's dominant and would be dominant in the system. But because all the tea leaves are pointing to Texas Tech, we're just like, oh, Texas Tech got him. Go have fun. Enjoy the new Big 12, right? It's like Texas could very well still get Micah Hudson. He has not made his decision yet. He has not committed yet. And I know that Texas is going to recruit him through the whistle. He has a great relationship with Chris Jackson, our new wide receiver coach. And, you know, he's somebody that, you know, would make a lot of plays at the University of Texas. And I think he's somebody wherever he goes to school is going to end up dominating in the NFL. So, like I said, this is what the new, you know, age of recruiting has done to us. We don't even talk about Micah Hudson anymore because we've all just assumed he's going to Texas Tech. But I promise you the staff hasn't assumed that. And they're doing everything in their power to get him to the 40 acres. So this is the 17th ranked class right now on 24-7 Sports. I fully believe Steve Sarkeesian ends up with his third straight top five class at the University of Texas. Special stuff at the 40 acres. A quick word from our sponsors and then my thoughts on the new Big 12. So obviously, um, you know, the Big 12 had to rebrand. They brought in Brett Yormark as a commissioner. And I'm not going to sit here and say that uh, losing Texas and Oklahoma aren't a big deal. Those are two of the biggest brands in the sport, you know, especially talking about college football. Uh, those are two blue bloods. And, you know, those are two programs that any conference would love to have. Right. And so obviously that is a huge loss for the Big 12 and their brand. And that's a huge gain for the SEC. Right. Which was already regarded as a. Uh, you know, the best conference in college football where it just means more. Well, it means a little bit more now that you've added uh, 
Texas and Oklahoma. But I really like the new Big 12, right? You know, and uh, forgive me if that's blasphemy, you know, does going to the SEC. I know a lot of Texas fans are over the Big 12 and they're ready to leave. I am too. But I really like what they're doing with this conference. You know, first you added Cincinnati, UCF, uh, BYU, and the University of Houston. And maybe, you know, big names, you know, maybe nobody that, you know, makes you jump out of your chair or anything like that. But those were schools that have had success at, you know, smaller conferences and given that Big 12 boost, we've already seen it in recruiting, maybe they can make some noise, right? You also have teams that have been in the conference that can now, you know, possibly take their place at the top, right? There's a void at the top, right? Because even though, you know, Oklahoma didn't win it last year, they had won it for a while and Texas hasn't won it since 2009. Those are still two the mark. Those are still the two marquee schools in the conference, right? Whether they win it or not, you're coming to the Big 12 to see Texas and Oklahoma play, right? All those other schools, TCU, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, you know, Texas Tech, even if they had good seasons, it's like, uh, that's cool, right? But what are Texas and Oklahoma doing, right? You would care more about a five and seven Texas team than you would about a 10-win Kansas State team. That's just the reality. But now that Texas and Oklahoma are gone, there's a void at the top, right? If Kansas State is winning that conference every year, if Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, BYU, whoever is winning that conference every year, TCU, now they're going to have the spotlight because they're at the top of the Big 12. And I don't think the Big 12 will be the Big 10 with what they've added. They certainly won't be the SEC, but that'll be a fun conference to watch. And then we saw the Pac-12 explode, and now they're the Pac-4 with USC, um, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington going to the Big 10. And now the Big 12 capitalized on the demise of the Pac-4 now and added Colorado and Dion, which is just must see tv in itself right and then they added arizona arizona state and utah which has been one of the best programs in college football for the last decade so i really love what they've done with the new big 12 obviously like i said losing texas and oklahoma are a huge loss but i still think this will be a really fun conference moving forward you know it's hard to predict what will happen in terms of conference realignment you know it's hard to predict if the big 12 will be here in 10 years right but i really like what brett yormark has done in the face of adversity right he came in and had no choice but to lose his two biggest dogs, right, in Texas and Oklahoma. And I think the way he's pivoted after that has been special. And I think this league is going to be really fun to watch. Even though we'll be in the SEC, I will still, you know, tune into Big 12 football. And it'll be interesting to see with Texas and Oklahoma gone, who will become the new big dog in the Big 12 or will there just be a lot of parity? Like I said, and I love the, you know, offseason additions of the four schools, US, uh, UCF, excuse me, uh, BYU, U of H, and Cincinnati. And I love the way that Brett Yormark capitalized and brought in Colorado, uh, Arizona State, Utah, and Arizona when it looked like and still looks like the Pac-4 might officially be done. So excited about the new Big 12. Excited that we get to compete in the last year in the Big 12 under Brett Yormark with some new teams in it. And like I said, even though we'll be in the SEC and that's where our focus will be, the Big 12 will be a conference that I watch for years to come. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can sleep peacefully tonight because Colin Simmons is a Longhorn. Hook him. Peace.